Today on Recur Now, what D2C companies can learn from wine? Plus, our neighbors over at Toast raise the big bucks. And finally, we take a look at the BBC, where some say it has to be a subscription model. All this and more today on Recur Now. From Profit Wells Boston HQ, it is Friday, February 21st. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm Grace Gagnon. And I'm James Herrick. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, what's up in the news? Visiting a winery during any given season is perhaps one of my favorite things to do. If it's summer, there's no better feeling than sitting amongst the vineyard green, sipping on a cool white wine, or in the wintertime by the fireplace with an oaky red and a piece of chocolate to wash it down. Promise, I do have a point here other than making you thirsty for fermented grapes. We're connecting wine with D2C, thanks to David Hoos, Director of Marketing at The Good, a company that helps e-commerce companies improve their conversion rates. David began a Twitter thread claiming D2C brands could learn a lot from how wineries approach their customer experience and growth. But before Abby and I break down some of his main points included in the thread, I want you to picture yourself at a winery. I promise it'll help nail down the points. David listed eight total, but we're going to share a select few. First up, wineries think long term. As David said, who best to learn from than the folks who sell products that literally take years to create? Wine is a long-term business simply because grapes take time to ferment, but so is SaaS and D2C thanks to the recurring revenue model. Building and improving products are a lot like grapes. They only get better with time and resources. The next point we found interesting. Wineries make retention central to business. Many SaaS and DTC companies treat retention as afterthought, when clearly that shouldn't be the case. Wineries keep retention at the forefront by offering different membership tiers and promotions. And finally, wineries use authentic origin stories to differentiate themselves. Almost every vineyard I've been to has a unique story. The story could be that the vineyard has been in the family for 100 plus years, or that the grapes are grown in an interesting climate. Either way, learning about the story makes me more connected to the overall experience. Think this way with your products. Even though you may Maybe in SaaS or D2C, you can make the experience more human simply by sharing a story. Maybe share your founder's journey of being bootstrapped or how the idea of the product first came about. Hoos makes some really great points in this thread. We'll link to them in your subscriber newsletter so you can check them out and reply to him if you so please. And if you have even further ideas on this, we would love to hear them. Up next, our friends over at Toast, the all-in-one restaurant point-of-sale system, lands $400 million to reach a valuation of nearly $5 billion. As a self-proclaimed foodie and loyal to the Boston restaurant scene, I'm ultra-intrigued by this one. Toast is seeing absolutely massive growth as tens of thousands of restaurants joined its platform last year and the company's revenue grew 109% as a result. Toast's technology is all-encompassing, combining restaurant POS, front-of-house, back-of-house, and guest-facing technology with a bevy of third-party applications. Applications. So sure, they have the money, but what is Toast doing so well that others in the space should mimic? Chief Financial Officer Tim Barish says product offerings are the next focus for the Toast team. And we know product-led growth, or PLG, is a fantastic strategy built for both consumer and company. The way in which people buy and use software is drastically changing. Consumers are more eager to try a product than to converse with a salesperson, paving the way for a PLG approach. Letting your product lead means companies must reconfigure their marketing, sales, and and service strategies to keep up with customer demands. The future is product-led, and we have our eyes on Toast as someone who's nailing it in that realm. And now over to James on the latest with the BBC. 
That's right. Broadband TV News reports that the extent of Britain's conservative government's agenda on the BBC has become clear with a plan to replace the 154 pound and 50 pence license fee with a subscription. And Downing Street wants the BBC to make a total switch to that subscription model. Apparently, the whole operation needs a massive pruning back. The Sunday Times says the BBC would be forced to reduce its TV channel offerings and sell the majority of its national and local radio stations, which is huge. But here's the backlash. The BBC has launched an outspoken defense of the license fee model as opposed to the subscription switch, claiming that the change would lead to an earnings loss and with it, all those popular shows. BBC chairman David Clementi says he's open to debating the future of the company, but his subscription service would be unlikely to have much regional presence. So the debate remains, and the government will need to make a seriously convincing argument for the BBC's downsizing, especially due to the diehard public loyalty. So what's your thoughts on the potential for a subscription push here? Personally, I'm not a big fan because the license fee has tradition, but we're subscription biased here. I want to hear your take. Send your thoughts to abby at recurnow.com and we'll connect. And that's it for your February 21st subscription news. Up next, a bit of wisdom with Patty McCord. We think that giving feedback means constructive criticism, means telling somebody something they don't want to hear in a nice way that they don't really understand because you're worried about being nice more than you're worried about giving advice, right? And so the problem with that is um, constructive criticism is not that effective. That bad thing you did, again, that's a bad thing. You stop doing that bad thing, okay? Don't do that bad thing again. The next time you do it, because you will, you'll feel bad. It's called guilt tripping. Our parents use it all the time. Eventually, it works, right? Because you're like, that was, I wasn't supposed to do that bad thing. But if I catch you instead doing the good thing, right? Th this is it, right here, in this moment, right? When I, you don't ever talk in a meeting, but you grouse about it afterwards. And I call on you and you're like, yeah, I don't agree. And here's the reason why. Then, then to follow that wonderful moment up with it, that's what I'm talking about, right? You can't, you don't have a voice unless we hear it. And finally, a teaser for more Weekend Wisdoms to come. Next time on Weekend Wisdom... Everything about our business had to change. Think about the strategy for the company, the CEO's capacity to grow. We had to really embrace that. The world is just rife with examples of companies not listening to their key stakeholders. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. All right, guys, that's it for your February 21st episode of Recur Now. Check back here Monday for more. And a heads up, we are actively hiring. From sales and marketing roles to analysts and engineers, our crew is growing their teams across the board. You can go to ProfitWell.com careers to learn more and see if working with our team is right for you. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at ProfitWell.com slash Recur. Recur.